0: Do I feel hopeful and encouraged in my faith on a daily basis? Do you? Do you feel hopeful and encouraged in your faith, and your following of Jesus Christ on a daily basis? And on top of that, do other people, when they interact with you, leave that interaction feeling more hopeful and encouraged or less hopeful and encouraged? So... My daughter's very upset. She says that I ruined her birthday, which I think is ridiculous because I didn't even know it was today. Just kidding. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. Uh, That's our dad joke. If you're just joining us for the first time, we start every episode with a dad joke to lighten things up, even though that was kind of a sad one now that I think about it. But um, I do not forget my children's birthdays. I know when they are. And it's so good to be back with you. So if you're a first-time listener, please make sure that you rate and review this podcast and uh, share it with other people you think may benefit from it. And if you are a long-time listener and haven't yet done that, what are you waiting for? You know, help a brother out. And make sure you visit our website at um, manafoodforthought.com, all spelled out. You can find all of our videos, blogs, Uh, Previous podcast episodes are Bible studies. You can connect with us on social media or you can tag us in things at man of food for thought on Instagram and you can become a financial sponsor for as little as $1 a month for by becoming a patron when you click the Patreon tab on our homepage because this podcast does cost money and we appreciate all of you who are patrons and patrons get perks. And so thank you for all of you who support the podcast and for listening. Let's get into our episode. Uh, My joy, junk, and Jesus for this past week, and really two weeks because I pre recorded last week's episode because I was gone. So, my joy is that it was uh, hell week at my gym, uh, which was a series of very intense workouts, and it's over. And I successfully completed it. So, I got a t shirt and everything. It was great. So, I'm very happy it's over. Uh, My junk is that I've been having such bad headaches. And I know why. It's because of sugar. And I, you know, if you've been listening for a long time, you know my weight loss journey and getting off of sugar. And these times of year is just harder to stick to that because there's so many goodies and sweets and things around. And the days where I fall more into that or have maybe one or two too many bites, pieces, whatever, um, these past couple days I've just been waking up with a ridiculous headache because of it. Sugar just really just torments my brain and – it's awful. So um yeah, that's been bad. So I need to do some kind of fast, you know, to get it out of my system. Uh usually it takes a couple of days. So anyway, pray for me cuz that stinks. And my Jesus moment, um trick or treating with the kiddos uh last night as I'm recording this um was just so fun. I mean, they were having the time of their life. My daughter was walking around like a queen, curtsying at people and being, you know, super sweet and my son was just as like loud and crazy as ever, and they had a blast. And um, had Bible study last night, and a lot of people still showed up, even though it was Halloween, which was really great to see. And I was on retreat last week in Georgia with all of my um, kind of area contact family from a ministry I'm involved in. We're all local representatives across the country, and uh, we don't get to see each other that often, so we got to be on retreat together. So that was just all really beautiful, uh, really great Jesus moments. And lastly. As you're listening to this, if you're listening to it when it comes out, um, this coming Monday, November 7th, is my birthday. So uh, if you could please just pray for me, that would be really wonderful. That would be a super great Jesus moment for me and for you, because you'll be talking to him about me, which is pretty cool. I'll be turning 35, so yeah, crazy stuff. Anyways, uh, let us know what your Joy Junk Jesus is, because we always love to hear from you. And as we have been doing, I want to look a little bit at a part of the upcoming Sunday's second reading. And draw out of that something that I think uh, could be really beneficial and edifying for us, for you, as we seek to journey in our relationship with Jesus Christ and be more faithful uh, to him in our everyday lives, our everyday living out of our faith. And so our second reading for this uh, upcoming Sunday comes from the second letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. He's writing to the church in Thessalonica, which is in Greece. And he writes two letters to this church. The first letter is the first, believed to be the very first document of the New Testament written down, which is pretty cool. Uh, so it's one of the earlier churches that he starts and that he's uh, interacting with and trying to uh, educate and help them kind of learn what it's like to be Christian, deal with the different you know difficulties that they're facing. And so in the second letter, um, he issues this kind of greeting and encouragement in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 16. This is what Paul says. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to focus on this little chunk. He says, Brothers and sisters, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting encouragement and good hope through his grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen them in every good deed and word. And I read that, and the words encourage and encouragement and the word hope stood out to me. And it just made me ask myself, like, do I feel hopeful and encouraged in my faith on a daily basis? Do you? Do you feel hopeful and encouraged in your faith, and your following of Jesus Christ on a daily basis? And on top of that, do other people, when they interact with you, leave that interaction feeling more hopeful and encouraged or less hopeful and encouraged? I think I often do spiritual direction with people, and, <clears throat> and it's always done in confidence. And so, you know, I obviously never share that, but there's often a theme I think that comes up when you do spiritual direction or counseling or coaching for other people, or even if you just give advice to friends. And that's this common theme of like other people, what's going around uh, on around us, kind of pulling us down. You know, we can get very frustrated or caught up in the actions or the inactions of other people or things going on in the world, and that can just put this kind of negative um, spirit in us. And it just made me think like, well, what if instead of getting pulled down by others, we saw ourselves as pulling others up? What if you just had that shift, that reframing in perspective? Like oftentimes we pray for these things. Maybe we pray for people who frustrate us or situations that frustrate us. Well, what if you are the answer to that prayer? What if God placed you in these frustrating situations, because you are the solution. Maybe it's not about you getting pulled down, but you pulling that situation up and breathing into it by your life, by your witness, by your joy, breathing into it a spirit of hope, a spirit of encouragement. And we have this all throughout the Old Testament to encourage people to remember that God is with them, to continue to have hope, to not be afraid. I'm you know, thinking of like Deuteronomy 31.8, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you and will never fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. But sometimes I think we lose sight of this role that we have and this ability that we have to pull others up because we've lost a sense of his presence in our lives due to... Our lives becoming about us, becoming about the hustle and bustle, the noise, the busyness, chasing after earthly things, chasing for some kind of affirmation, recognition, sense of purpose outside of God. And real encouragement then is that which comes from his grace. I mean, that's what it says. uh, Everlasting encouragement and good hope through his grace. That's what it says in the second reading. That's where it comes from. And we receive his grace and experience it, particularly in the sacraments. That's where the church teaches that we really experience that special sanctifying or sacramental grace of God is in the sacraments. So in confession and receiving the Eucharist in particular, uh, really living that regularly, you know, going to mass regularly and not just seeing mass as an obligation, but an opportunity to receive that grace, to encounter Jesus in prayer, to receive those other graces he desires to give us actual grace and things like that through our relationship with him and through prayer. I think when we do that, we tend to be more hopeful people. We tend to be more encouraged in our own faith and tend to encourage others and bring them hope because we're reminded like he is going to deliver us and there's always a way that we can connect with him. There's always a way that he can do this. And so there's this other theme in the second reading um, that comes up a couple times, um, but he basically in the end of the second reading, he says, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the endurance of Christ. And that word also struck me, that endurance, because often in a world that can sometimes seem like everything is going to the pits and all news headlines just focus on the negative And it seems like we're in such a very divisive time. It can just feel like Lord like how long do we have to put up with this? And I think if you've ever like thought about the word endurance or like oh I have to have endurance, we kind of just think about it as like oh my gosh, I just have to like put up with this. I guess I'll just have to endure it, you know. And that's not really what the word means. Like the word endurance, it it comes from an old French word, endurer, which means to make hard, and it's it means that that like when you have endurance, you are hardening yourself against those things that are Negative. You're continuing to exist or last through something that is difficult. You're having some sense of discipline in overcoming the negative so that you can remain in that hopeful and encouraging space. You know, it's a loose definition for the purposes of kind of the theme of this episode, but I think you get the picture. And we cannot do that on our own, obviously. Faith is not going to fall in your lap. You have to fight for it. You know, we're in the midst of a marathon, not a sprint. You know, a sprint is like, you know, we do these at the gym, especially in this past week, (laughs) you know, doing lots of them. Um, But a sprint is something like, okay, you go from here to there. Let's go do it. It's over. You have quick and immediate measurable results like, okay, how fast was I? I can do it again. Like I don't have to expend all my energy. And even if you do, like it's a short amount of time and you get this kind of immediate data or reward. But a marathon, it takes strategy. It takes training and preparation. It takes thinking about like, okay, how am I going to conserve my energy and pace myself? When am I going to eat or drink? Do I need some kind of like caloric intake in the midst of this? How am I going to get that? How am I going to pace myself? How do I face the psychological difficulties of that? When you hit that, like runners talk about that mental wall or looking after that, like runner's high, that's going to carry you through and give you your second wind and your third wind. And gosh, if I was running a marathon, I'd probably need like a 50th wind, but like all of that. That is really that practice of consistent planning, forethought to face the negative situations in life, to overcome sin, to overcome evil and temptation. That's what endurance is. And people who are very hopeful and encouraged, that doesn't fall in their lap. It's not something that they just happen to be by virtue of their personality. It's something that they have learned to be because their eyes are fixed on the proper goal. They're not treating life like a series of sprints, and most of us do. We treat life as like, that's my goal. That's what I want. I'm going to dangle this carrot in front of myself and I'm going to go achieve that and I'm going to feel good. Or I need to cope with something and there is some sugar and I'm going to go eat it and I'm going to feel good, you know, which you don't feel good after, which is my experience lately. But, you know, you get the idea. It's just these quick kind of desire, goal, desire, satisfaction, you know, a want, there's the fulfillment and, you know, it just keeps going. But the marathon is the the analogy that's used in scripture of the spiritual life. You know, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. This long kind of Olympic style race that we're all on toward a goal of heaven. And in order to continue to have endurance in that race, our gas, our fuel, our calories, what propels us are hope and encouragement. Because the second we feel like, oh, I'm not going to finish this, we lose hope, or the second we listen to that voice in our head that's like, there's no way you can do this, or you're not good enough for this, you're not fast enough, they're probably not even going to be there at the end, you're going so slow. If we listen to those voices and we fall into discouragement, then we may just give up the race altogether. And a lot of people do that. You know, A lot of people give up the spiritual journey because of difficulties they have with the church, with church teaching, with misunderstandings, things that they, you know, find difficult. And I was sharing last night at Bible study that um, we're talking about the gospel of the Sadducees, which you'll hear, you know, the episode, or you will have heard the episode, but um, this idea that you can't cherry-pick your faith. You can't cherry-pick your faith. Like, Jesus is asking for all of it. It's not just this quick sprint, like, okay, I understand that, okay, now I can just kind of, like, Settle, I can just rest. No, like we're on a marathon, and sometimes we'll go slower, sometimes we'll go faster, sometimes we need to stop and catch our breath. Sometimes it'll feel like, wow, this is entirely uphill, and sometimes we'll get that runner's high second wind, and it'll feel like we are easy, easy sailing. But we're always in the race, we're always in the race. And the devil doesn't take any days off, and he doesn't tire in throwing obstacles at us. Like I'm imagining almost like a video game. I don't know if any of you remember the old video game Paperboy but you're like trying to deliver papers and all of these obstacles are just showing up out of nowhere. Like you're on your bike and there's different ramps, there's potholes, there's a grim reaper. There's like little tornado. It's like insane. It's this crazy, crazy old, like 32 bit, you know, video game that was on original Nintendo. And I imagine like, that's how the real spirituality or spiritual warfare of our everyday marathon race on of discipleship looks. If we were to see like the spiritual world for what it really is, We see all these constant obstacles that the devil is throwing at us to try and make us lose hope or feel discouraged. And that is why in Romans chapter five, St. Paul, he talks about boasting of our afflictions because he says we even boast of our afflictions, our weaknesses, because we know that affliction produces endurance and endurance, proven character and proven character, hope And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So it says in Galatians 6, 9, Let us not grow tired of doing good, for in due time we shall reap our harvest if we do not give up. And so if you're feeling like you're in a season of your faith right now where it's difficult to have hope, it's difficult to be encouraged, you feel like giving up, or you feel like you're being a negative Nancy, or, you know, you're not feeling very enlivened or enriched or energized by your faith, that's okay. There are different stages to the marathon, but recognize you're still in a race, and it doesn't mean that race is going to be without difficulty, but that's what endurance is. And that's why we have people like the saints. We have people that we can look to to remind us, how do you endure? How do you remain hopeful and encouraged in the midst of all this doubt and difficulty and things that happen in the world? You know, in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer is talking about, you know, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And so let's rid ourselves of every burden of sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the leader and perfecter of faith. It continues. It says, for the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, and has taken his seat at the right of the throne of God. Consider how he endured such opposition from sinners in order that you may not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, have you not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood? Like, man, the the author of Hebrews is like saying, like, look, look to Jesus. Jesus does not ask us to do anything that he would not do himself, and he proved it in his own life, in his own death, going to the the darkest places where endurance was so difficult probably to maintain. And he persevered to the cross, not as a happenstance thing that just, you know, I guess this is going to happen to me. No, as his goal. So that he could die for our sins, so that we could have hope, so that we could be encouraged in every doubt and every difficulty to know that the victory over sin and death has already been won. That's why one of the most favorite and most powerful verses in all of scripture for people is Philippians 4.13. In some translation it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the New American Bible, it's a little, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. It's, I have the strength for everything through him who empowers me, which I kind of like for some theological reasons, but it's not as, you know, pithy, but I have the strength for everything through him who empowers me. So if that's a convicting question for you that I asked earlier, do you feel hopeful and encouraged in your faith or do others feel hopeful and encouraged when they interact with you? then maybe this is an area to sit with. And if not, maybe really consider who in your life needs hope, needs encouragement, and make sure you are prioritizing some time to share the gospel with them, to pray with them, to listen to them, to be a good friend and to encourage them. Because endurance is not just for us. We don't just run the marathon of, you know, life of, of, the, of the spiritual life for ourselves like people do in a real marathon. When we're running the marathon, we are practicing endurance so that we can help others endure, so that we can help others have hope and have encouragement. We have that plan, that strategy, that training, so that it will bless everyone in the race, everyone in the race. I don't know the story very well, but there's there's a story, a famous story of a marathon that was happening, and and um, <clears throat> it was about to end. And someone announced over the loudspeaker that it was like 30 minutes left and there was one person left out there until the deadline. And they had two miles to go or something like that. And everyone, like the whole group of people is just like, just decides immediately that they're going to book it out to find this person and encourage them across the finish line. And they're running out and, you know, that comes over the loudspeaker again, like 15 minutes. And they're announcing where he is. And then you just hear this like, roar of a crowd come around the corner and I think it was with like maybe like 12 seconds left before the deadline this final runner crosses the finish line with this whole crowd of people behind him that is the spiritual life that is why we race not just for ourselves but because we are called to use our gifts to use everything God has given us to bring hope and encouragement to a world that desperately needs it to bring the beauty of the good news to others, and we need endurance to do that because the devil's going to throw every obstacle at us. But if we remember that we are not alone and that God has already won the victory, Jesus has already defeated sin and death and all suffering on the cross, then we can be reassured in our own hope, our own convictions, our own encouragement, and go out and share that with others. So I pray this week as you hear this, you will be encouraged. You will renew your hope in Jesus Christ. In the ways you feel bogged down or lacking in energy, don't recognize there's a difference between allowing everything around you to affect your emotions and your spiritual state, pull you down or pull you up, versus seeing yourself as a potential answer to your own prayers for others and for yourself, to not be pulled down but to pull others up into that space of hope and encouragement. See yourself as that catalyst, as that um, representative of Christ's hope and encouragement to the world, and see how it transforms you this week. That is all I have for you this week. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me, especially on Monday, on my birthday. I would really much appreciate it. That would be the greatest gift is just your prayers for continued health and continued blessing in uh, whatever the Lord calls me to. And until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. God bless you. (laughs) for <laughs> you